0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: All right, uh, another busy uh, weekend in the uh, books as we've got a lot of baseball and softball to uh, cover. It's one of those rare occasions where Brady and I were in the same spot on uh, Saturday. Well, yeah, because there was a lot going on on Saturday. Uh, and of course uh, Friday is where the action begins we had softball and baseball on Friday so we'll look back at that first and then there was so much on Saturday we'll probably break Saturday into two segments
2: yeah and somehow we're gonna be you're gonna be uh even busier this Saturday
1: yeah that'll be fun too it's a busy week if all goes to plan the weather holds out and all the games happen I believe it will I
2: think we've Outside of, like, Wednesday is supposed to be a weird, like, kind of chilly day. But besides that, I think we're going to be dry.
1: Yeah, we're looking at 20 games this
2: week. And that's with how many you have preemptively planned for the weekend?
1: Yeah, well, I actually took some out of the weekend just simply because logistically it's not possible.
2: Right. So we're going to have a lot this week. Well, you'll have a lot this week because well, I'll... I'll be doing stuff early in the week, and hopefully if Cardinal Mooney holds up their end of the bargain and they can beat D- Divine Child, yeah, I had a game Friday. I
1: hadn't included that game in the mix, so that game could be included into the mix. Yes. so But we have a lot to
2: talk about from the weekend.
1: All right, and we'll get to it next.
2: Marysville.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and Brady, and let's get uh, right to, to it. Softball action from uh, Friday. Armada takes two from Port. You're on a lot of hitting in this doubleheader. That's kind of what you expected. Yeah.
2: I, ex- I did doesn't, expect like, two high scoring games. Doesn't catch you off guard with. With these two scores.
1: No, uh, Armada took game one, 14-6. Jenna Mayday Mede- had uh, two hits and an RBI. Brooklyn Pratt had three hits, including a couple of doubles and knocked in three. Leah Nock with three more hits and two RBIs. Taylor Capozzo had a big game, three hits, a double, a homer, and four runs batted in. Olivia Hebb had a hit and knocked in two. And Alivi Veit had uh, three hits, including a double, Bryn Mullins with another triple among her two hits. Bryn's got to have five or six triples right
2: yeah, now. Yeah, she's got to be near the uh, the top of the area. I know, I'm sure someone from Elmont's probably up there too. But <laughs> probably two individually, or three she has a lot.
1: Yeah, Neely Reed had a hit in RBI. Izzy Trombley two doubles and an RBI. Jordan Fiedler a hit, knocked in two, and Emma Higgins had uh, two hits to round out the game one highlights. In game two, it was fifteen to eight. Armada wins. Brooklyn Pratt with two hits, two RBIs. Leah knocked two hits, including a double, drove in two. Taylor Capozo, two hits, a double, two RBIs. Natalie Sauer with four hits, including a double, knocked in four runs. Kendall Schlotka with two hits, including a double, knocked in a run. And Madison Capozo had two hits. And two runs batted in. Two more hits, two more RBIs for Izzy Trombley. Jordan Fiedler with two hits and an RBI. Delaney Tacey had two hits and knocked in three. And Riley Thompson had a couple of hits as well for the big reds. So,
2: Porteron puts up some runs, but Armada, you, they can hit. And against not elite pitching, this is what they can do.
1: Yes. the, the They will hit, um, like, average pitching. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously, when they face a Canabomarito or a, a Shoeboy or a Ludicher, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. But if you're not at that level, they can swing the bats, yeah, um, and, and, then, and hit the ball. And
2: they certainly got the, their licks in. Twenty nine runs in a doubleheader ain't too shabby.
1: You know, and and Pa scored fourteen runs. I mean, right. You'd like to, to get a split out of that. Um, yeah, you scored 14
2: runs and lost the doubleheader by 15.
1: Yeah. So, Clara Moore pitched really well for four and a third innings on Friday at Algonac against the Muskrats. She had them off balance. Um, Really, the only time there was a threat, two outs in the uh, bottom of the first. Stevenson doubled. Vossler walked, but then she struck out Camden Thaler. Then she got the muskrats 1-2-3 in the second. Gave up a two-out walk in the third, but Lexi Perrin gunned down the runner trying to steal. Then got a 1-2-3 inning in the fourth against Stevenson, Vossler, Thaler.
2: That's a pretty tough thing to do. That is. I wouldn't say that's a, a lot of pitchers could put their cap on that.
1: In the meantime... Marysville pushed across a run in the uh, the fourth inning. Uh, Walters uh, singled, went to second on a pass ball actually stole the base and then uh, scored on an error to make actually she scored on the pass ball I apologize. so it was one to nothing. then they scored two more in the uh, top of the uh, fifth with Walters singling in two runs with two outs. It was a big hit and at the time it made it three nothing and you're sitting there going. Wow, right. Marysville is in control of this game. Then after Ainsley Trombley grounded out weekly to third to start the fifth, something clicked, and here comes Algonac. Grace singles, Murray singles, Boyd singles to center, and the ball gets by Avery Woodard. Two-run score, Boyd ends up at third base. Marino hits a sacrifice fly to left, and just like that, the game is tied 3-3. But now there's two outs and nobody on, and you're thinking, okay, more can can settle down here, and we're still in a good ball game. Right. And Algonac said, nope, we're not done. Reams singled. Stevenson doubled off the top of the left field fence an inch higher, and it's a two-run homer. The
2: ball was not carrying this weekend in Algonac.
1: No, and the wind was blowing in on Friday night, and it almost never blows in. At the softball field in in on, in Algonac, it's almost always blowing out the center. But Vossler doubled home two runs, Thaler doubled home a run, and Trombley singled home a run, and all of a sudden it was a seven-run fifth inning, seven to three Algonac. They go on to win the game eight to three, and you you just kind of scratch your head and go, Marysville did everything right, and then all of a sudden. This is what Algonac does.
2: Well, they're kind of like a freight train. Once they get going, it's hard to put the brakes on, um, and they just kept going, and there's no, okay, we got through that part of the lineup. Let's settle in on the bottom third of the order. When they start hitting, and then it's, all right, you see who you have coming up, it doesn't make it any easier.
1: They had one hit in their first four innings and then finished the game with 11 hits, so in their last two at-bats, they had 10 hits. I mean, I mean it, they, it, they've done that before. And and everybody in their lineup had a hit except Kenna Bomarito. Right.
2: And she still had an RBI on
1: the day. Yeah. She picked a bad day to be hitting fly balls because, as right. like I said, the wind was, was blowing in. So, uh, Algonac gets uh, another win. And that was actually game one of a tournament. We'll get more into the tournament later on. But there was one other softball score from Friday, Brady. Yeah, we, had, we actually
2: had a BWAC softball game after, what, 25-24 or whatever. Yeah. The first game. Croslex PGL five to three, in a very Boo. no nothing average softball game. <laughs> five three win for Croslex. Alara Rankin two hits and an RBI. Addison McMillan had a hit and an RBI. Shaylee Kading had two knocks and drove in a run. Brooklyn Schultz three hits, a double and an RBI, and Stilson had a hit and an RBI for Croslex as well. For Yale, Madison Honickey had two hits and a double. Carly Woolman had two knocks. Abby Theory had two base hits and Julia Camadat had two a double and three RBIs. And yeah, so, knocked in
1: all of Yale's runs in that one. Yeah,
2: right. And the line for Yale was very odd. So you lose five to three, you don't think much of it, but they, it was what? It was Honeke was on the mound and Lost five to three, but let me pull up her line because it was one of the weirder lines I've ever seen, especially in a loss. She go, oh, excuse me, it was Mackenzie Aguinaga that was on the mound. Seven innings, gave up 10 hits. That's a pretty fair amount. Four earned runs, only walked one, but struck out 16. So you have a 16 strikeout game where you lose and it's not because of errors.
1: You have a 16 strikeout game where you give up 10 hits. Right. <laughs>
2: and you're not walking anybody. <laughs> she didn't hit anyone. That's wild. She walked she walked one, struck out 16 but gave up 10 hits and takes the loss. So Aguanaga had a great game with the strikeouts on the mound but couldn't get I guess the the weak contact. When she was hit, she was hit hard.
1: Yeah, that's really that's really weird. Like, that's very um, – I, I, I don't know what the, the term is for it. Like, I don't know. It's almost bipolar. Right. <laughs> you know? Because
2: usually if you have high strikeout numbers and runs come across, it's because you're wild and you're not – yeah, you're getting the swings and misses or maybe the strike zone was just giant. And – they were getting a lot of looking strikeouts. That's the only thing I could think of. But oh. that was softball for Friday. Baseball on Friday. I was in Marine City. They were looking to get a share of the Mac Gold title, and that was because Roseville earlier in the week. Uh, Amari, or excuse me, it was a Snowden that pitched for uh, Roseville on Wednesday. When Amari Snowden uh, held Lamphere to one run, struck out like 15 and handed Lamphere their second loss in league. And with Marine City only having two games to go with one loss, that meant if they beat Roseville, they would get at least a share of the Matt Gold. And Snowden had pitched for Roseville on Wednesday. So you weren't going to face him. No, so you're not facing their ace. And you have them at home. And this is a big opportunity. And Marine City just jumped all over them. They were ready to go from the get. 2 nothing after the first, thanks to RBIs from Tetler and Heslop. In the third, they pushed across four runs. They actually should have scored, scored a run in the second. It was a tag that made it the third out, and then the ball popped out, and I don't know if... 100% for sure, but I believe the umpire said something like it was on the transfer or didn't see it, but it was the third out, so there was no one to throw to. Like He called him out, and then everyone went, the ball's on the ground, he's not out, and the ump went, no, he's still out. Couldn't figure that one out, didn't affect them, but... It was uh, RBIs from two RBIs from Colo Croy and an RBI from Josh Vandeviver in the third to make it six to nothing. Three more runs in the fourth with hits from Danny Vandeviver, another RBI from Jeff Heslop. Cooper Letson had an RBI. Colo Croy added his third RBI of the day, and then in the bottom of the fifth, a Zach Tetler sack fly. Drove in the game-winning run, which gave me a third straight walk-off. Technically, (laughs) Um, they win it ten to nothing, clinch a share of the Mac Gold title. Paul Muscat was on the mound; he didn't do anything outerworldly. Went five innings, gave up just two hits. Was giving up a lot of fly balls, but in center field at Marine City, there's a lot of space. Um, There were some long fly balls, but they were outs. Two hits, no runs, walked. Uh, two and struck out one, and gets the shutout win.
1: You know that ballpark isn't any bigger than any other place we go, but it always when I go there, it just feels so big and so hard to hit a home
2: run. I feel like it always feels smaller because the it juts out really quickly. If you pull it either a lefty or a righty, you don't have to crush it to put it over the fence. Like it's like three hundred down the left field line, three hundred five and two ninety down the right field line. But it gets out to a, one of the deepest center fields we have. So if you get it, if you pull the ball at Marine City, you have a pretty good chance of hitting a home run. But if you crush it dead center, like Snowden hit one that went probably 370 feet dead center, you, it's just a fly out. So it's, it was a tough one. It's a weird ballpark to, to judge, I guess.
1: I just, I've always, because to, to me too, it doesn't feel like anybody ever pulls the ball there. It feels like every fly ball is in center field.
2: Well, I saw the home run earlier in the week from Tetler. Yeah. So I have seen it, and he crushed that one. But Marine City gets the at least a share of the Matt Gold. They'll go for the outright league title today against uh, Roseville down there. I presume they will see Snowden on the mound. Which could make it a bit tougher, but even if they lose, that means Lamphere has to win another couple of games uh, to clinch or to to get in a spot where they can tie Marine City. But at worst, they are league champs. It's just if they're sharing or not. Yeah. And for the second straight year, Marine City has shown pretty good ball team. They're fourteen and four on the year, and I think they lost their first three games of the season. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they all lost to Algonac. St. Clair and Marysville and are 14 and one basically since the second week of April. Yep. So that's uh, they, they've just been quietly chopping, chopping away down at Marine city. And again, they're going to be in a tough district, both them and their softball team. I wish they were in a different district because I think they have a on, if all things equal, they have enough talent to win a district. But I think they're in one of the tougher districts yeah. to get out of. They draw Saint Clair in game one, so that'll be the uh, that'll be a very interesting and fun matchup.
1: Yeah, I actually think that'll be a really good game. Like yeah. there, there's to me, there's no slam dunk for either side. There, no. That's whoever makes the fewest mistakes and throws the most strikes is going to probably advance.
2: And we'll and we'll talk about Saint Clair probably when we talk baseball on Saturday. Their record is not good, but I don't know how many teams in the area would have good records against the opponents they're playing. They have left some games out there, but they haven't won a game in May, Dennis. St. Clair. Yeah, hasn't. I,
1: I know, but uh, again, I look at what they've got there. Those guys are going to get good. Like, right. Okay, so they're, they're struggling this year, and maybe I'm I'm ready to say, okay, it's not happening this year. But there's no way that as those kids play more and get more experience, they've got three or four who could be really good.
2: I feel like they just need to see themselves win a game. Yeah, I don't care if it's a one to nothing game with 15 errors and they somehow they get a win that there's no way they should win because they've lost a few games they should have won. They just well, they've need- had the
1: lead uh, late in games and not been able to hold on. Right. But
2: and it, we'll talk about them more uh, when they they lost a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, other games from Friday: Yale took on Northern, and the Bulldogs got a win over Port here on Northern. Tough week for the Huskies, six to four. Robbie Harrison, two hits, two RBIs. Connor Jakubiak, two hits, a double, and an RBI for Yale. For Port here on Northern, Taylor Falls has been probably their most consistent oh, yeah. hitter. A hit and two more RBIs, Alex Armstrong a double and an RBI, as Yale gets the non-league win 6-4. to four.
1: Yeah, uh, Richmond beat Chippewa Valley, and this was a comeback by the Blue Devils, right? Yes,
2: it was. It was 4-2 to two Chippewa Valley going into the 7th, and Richmond takes it 6-4. to four.
1: Charlie Hitzelberger with uh, a hit and two RBIs, Jackson Jones with a hit and an RBI, and a big day for Skyler uh, Lowers with three hits and an RBI. North Branch... Played uh, two against different opponents.
2: So usually you'll see this on like a Saturday. Uh, Algonac did this with Port Huron and Calvin Christian, but apparently somewhere had lights or they just, I don't know who was hosting this or how it worked out, but North Branch beat Marlette 10 to nothing. Landon Swash had a hit. An RBI went five innings, gave up just one hit, five Ks. He faced the minimum because two batters got on and it was a pickoff and a double play. To have them only have to face fifteen batters. Uh, Brady Mitchell two hits a triple an RBI. Aiden Swash a double and two RBIs. Brant Primo two hits an RBI. Keegan Schirlinger two hits and two RBIs. And then they took on Cass City, got an eleven to nothing win. Landon Swash a hit and an RBI. Brady Mitchell three hits uh, two doubles three RBIs and Keegan Schirlinger had two hits a triple
1: and an RBI. So North Branch rolls uh, in uh, that, and that rolls us through Friday, which was not as busy a day as Saturday is going to be.
2: No, there was a lot going on on uh, Saturday. Everyone seemed like they were playing.
1: And we'll get to that in just a moment. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com.
4: Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings, so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Offices is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC.
2: Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy. Comfort and Temper Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of 5-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King.
4: Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred.
3: and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to getstuckonsports.com, that's a personal
1: foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Alright, welcome back. These first four softball games are games we actually saw, Brady. Yes, they are. How do you want to just do it chronologically? Um, Yeah, well, you you saw the first two
2: games, so talk about what you saw. By the way, I love doing Saturdays like this because we can get four games in. But what I don't love is how hectic it is in between games. So the day doesn't take 13 hours. I'll give Algonac credit. They had things moving along really nicely, which is great, except. when Let us know. Well, not just that. They knew we were coming, too. Let us know. But when you have. Keep secrets an hour and 15 minute time limit. No,
1: they were just playing 5 inning games. Well, they was just 5 it, inning it games. It was just 5 inning games. 5 inning games. So so say hey guys we're doing 5 inning games so yeah. that we know.
2: Yes. Because in between innings, uh they were or in between games, we still have to play all the ads if there are 7 inning games. Yeah. So it just it was a little hectic trying to get from one game to the next. But anyway, in game 1, Algonac uh beat Romeo 3 to 1. And it looked like Algonac might just roll over Romeo. After one inning, it was two to nothing, and it was a lot of walks. The Romeo pitching could not find the strike zone. Ella Stevenson had an RBI single that, again, I think on a normal day in Algonac carries the right field wall. Yeah. Because you, you saw this one. When she first
1: hit it, I thought, oh, that's gone.
2: Yeah, and it was knocked down, it landed. Five feet from the corner, right on the line, and run comes in to score. And then later in the inning, Ainsley Trombley draws a bases loaded walk, and it's two to nothing Algonac. And I'm going, all right, Algonac's going to roll. Kenna Bomarito's on the mound. She struck out seven of the first nine batter, eight of the first ten batters she faced. She was untouchable. And Algonac was rolling. They gave up a run in the top of the fourth after being held scoreless. So it's two to one. It was a triple that ended up coming around to score on a pass ball. And it's two to one. Algonac got it back in the bottom half of the inning when a run was walked in. So we have two hits for Algonac, but three runs scored. And then in the top of the fifth, Nothing really for Romeo. They got a double, but nothing more. Ken Abomarito struck out 11 in a five-inning game <laughs> and got the 3-1 to one win.
1: Yeah. It was then,
2: a pretty nonchalant the, game.
1: The last out was made, and then all of a sudden teams come out yeah. and shake hands, and that was the ball game. And we're looking at uh, each other going, oh, okay.
2: Well, I'm going, okay, <laughs> time limit, I'm guessing, because a lot of the times it's like an hour and 15 or an hour and a half time limit. And they kept it moving along, but in the five-inning game, Kenna Bomarito puts up the line for a, a full game yeah. with 11 strikeouts, doesn't walk any. She gave up, actually, Romeo out-hit Alganac four to two, and three of the hits were extra base knocks.
1: Interesting. But she supplies the power, too. I mean, when you do square it up and as hard as she throws. Well, and the other thing she did
2: is the four hits she gave up were all in four separate innings. So she... It was never continuous at bats, and yeah, she was. Uh, she woke up on the right side of the bed and got the three to one win. So after that barn burner, I got to see Marysville win a one to nothing game over Lapeer where both sides were pitching really well. N- neither side was doing much. It was in the fourth inning. Allison Fraley put one over the center field fence, put one over the scoreboard, crushed it. And that was really the only big threats Marysville had outside of the second when they had a couple of runners on. Um, but it was one nothing. Lapier wasn't doing much. Ryan Quayne came in to finish the game. And there was runners on, uh, what, first and second. And ball was hitting the right field. And you're going, uh-oh, tie game. And Brooklyn Evans picked it up and threw a frozen rope right to the plate. Easy tag, and boom, game's over. Final out. Yeah. Like, it was – there
1: was no arc on the ball. It was whew, yeah, it right was to a, home plate. It play. was a closed line right into Fraley's glove, and all she had to do was not miss the tag. Right. She had to
2: drop it about, what, two, a foot, two yep. feet, and just go from the chest down to the ground, and it was an easy call for the umpire. Like, there wasn't any complaining from LaPierre's side because – Evans just threw a missile right to home plate.
1: Yeah, she was she was out before she started the slide. I mean, it was a nice slide. I mean, everybody did everything right on the play. I would have sent her home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can't you can't expect, especially in high school, a perfect throw like that. Um, and so yeah, uh, I'm setting the runner in that situation too. Plus, also, I'm not sure who knew it was a five inning mm-hmm. game and that could be the last out. of the, I mean. Because there were a couple of times well, they, they coaches pl- didn't know. But- they were
2: playing like it was the last yeah. out of a, of a five-inning, which is also the weird thing because technically the Marysville-Algonac game was a part of this tournament. and They played seven innings. They played seven innings. And, and Romeo and, and LaPierre an played seven innings the, right. the night before. And I know it's only one game, but it was just, yeah, it was a bit odd. So, anyway. Um,
1: you going to say it or are you going to make me say it?
2: What, that you called the home run? I called it. You are hu- – I- I can't even deny it. So before Allison Fraley comes up, he just goes, Dennis looks at me and mouths to me, gone. Points to the scoreboard, over the scoreboard, like the third pitch. Bang! And he just <laughs> starts doing the victory lap up in the booth because I have never seen someone call a home run more perfectly before it happened.
1: Just had a and feeling. Like,
2: Allison Fraley has power, but it's not like it's he called. It's center field power. But he didn't call like an Ella Stevenson home run. Like, he didn't call someone that's going to hit 15 to 20 on the year. Fraley has power, but she's not one that you can just go, oh, yeah, here's a home run.
1: That's at least her second this year. Right. Um, but the, the thing was is she was hitting nukes in her first couple of that bats. She was hitting nukes down the left field line. Foul. But she was way out in front of it. And and Ryan was just, wait back on it. Mm-hmm. And I said, if she waits back on one, she's going to strike one to center field the way she's hitting them. And so it was just a And it took a, a calculated risk. It took a bomb to put
2: one over the center field fence. Yeah, the ball was not carrying an no, Algonac this weekend. Because, again, I think Stevenson would have had a home run. I think uh, there was a couple others that would have had home runs. I think Bossler would have had one in my game had it been normal conditions. I think the other teams
1: would have hit a couple.
2: But then I tagged out, and Dennis, you tagged in for Algonac and Lapeer.
1: Yeah, and uh, Lapeer was struggling because they'd been shut out the night before, 3-0 by Romeo. Obviously, they lose one nothing to Marysville, and uh, J.C. Reams came out and retired the first nine hitters in this game that she faced. Um, and in the meantime, uh, Amber Lamphere was the name of the uh, pitcher for Lapeer. She had a really wicked changeup. At least early in the game, it was fooling a lot of hitters. Actually, she only threw four innings, and she struck out seven in Algonac's lineup um, and struck out the first two hitters of the game. But then Stevenson singled, and Sierra Vossler ran into one and hit one over the center field fence for a two-run uh, homer, and it was crushed because, again, that was the only way you were getting one out of there. Made it 2 nothing for Algonac. They got a run in the uh, second inning. Back-to-back walks started the inning, but then Lamphere struck out the next two hitters. But then uh kind of flared a single out into right field to drive in a run and make it three to nothing. They scored a run in the uh, fourth inning. A couple of walks. Uh, they tried to pick a runner off. I hate that play. What the throw? The, behind? the, the catcher sailed the ball out into left field and gave him a free run. Cause, Cause, you know, there, there you are sitting there with no hits through three innings. Not even that. You've you've gone nine up, nine down, and you're worried about picking runners off and and giving Alkanak a, a free run to make it four to nothing. It's not good ball. It's it's just not. I'm gonna. Oh, I hate that play. Anyways, they did get the bats uh, going in the uh, the fourth. They had four hits. They all happened in that inning. They were all singles, and it got them one run. <laughs> Made it four to one, and that would be your final score. Reams pitched really well in this game, uh, struck out six, gave up just the four hits, didn't walk anybody. Lamp uh, Lampier gave up four hits. The home run was was the big one. She got wild a couple of times, uh, and twice in the game had back to back walks, but those were the four walks she gave up. Had seven strikeouts. I mean, it, it was a pretty well played game. So to that point really seen three, I thought, crisp, well-played games. Right. Uh, And then I got Marysville-Romeo for the final game. (laughs) (laughs) It was an interesting one. Uh, That's one word that that I'll use for it. Um, Early on, Ryan is probably really happy. Right. With how it uh, went, I don't think he'll be very happy at all. Marysville scored seven in the top of the second to take a 7-0 to nothing, uh, lead. And they hit the ball hard in that inning. Emily Dawson was the starter for Romeo. Um, gave up a walk in the first, but no problems. Evans singled. Quain singled. Cordero was hit by a pitch, so the bases are loaded. And Emma Curtis hit a rocket down the right field line, just inside the line. Two-run double. Then Kara Miller singled home a, a run. Another run scored on a wild pitch. There was a walk. Megan Winston singled in a run. Walters knocked in a run with a ground ball. Lexi Perrin singled in the final run of the inning, and it's 7-0. And the Vikings got two hits the rest of the way. Romeo changed pitchers. They couldn't figure her out and tack on to the lead. Romeo got a run in the third inning. A leadoff double scored on a two-out single from uh, Liz uh, Pugh, but it's it's 7-1, to one and, and there's not much going on. Slight threat from Romeo in the fourth. They loaded the bases, but they didn't score. And then the fifth inning happened, the bottom of the fifth. Seven to 7-1 Marysville. They need three outs, and they win the game.
2: And you're thinking no problem.
1: I'm thinking absolutely no problem. Leadoff single. I'm still not worried about it because the next hitter – Hits a lazy fly ball to right, and this is where it happens, Brady. The ball pops out of somebody's glove mm-hmm. and look out. So now there's, there's two on. Next uh, batter flies out deep to left. Again, a ball that on a normal day is probably long gone, but it's an out. So you're like, okay, there's the first out. That's all they needed. Now things will calm down. Things never calm down. Single, single, a fielder's choice where they don't get an out. Single, double, a strikeout for the second out of the inning. So you're still up by one. So now your situation is there's runners at second and third with two outs, and it's seven to six. Uh, Megan Myers is the hitter. She's a little left-handed slap hitter. Mm-hmm. She tries to drag bunt. She bunted the ball too hard. Should have been a play at first base to end the ball game, and Marysville you know, gets out of there with a uh, – right now they kick the ball down the right field corner. It was their fourth error in the inning Ooh. and it allows two runs to score. That's tough. And they, and Romeo walks it off eight to seven. They had uh, 10 hits in the, uh, the game. And uh, I think seven of them came in that fifth inning one. Let me just make sure two, three, four, five, sorry, five of them came in the seventh inning and then Marysville made five errors four in that last inning.
2: Yeah, that's tough. So, that's a really tough way to drop a game that you've been playing really well in.
1: Yeah, that that I mean uh, uh they had two innings like that in 2 days. They were cruising in the Algonac game and all okay against Algonac, I understand it. Right. And I'm not saying Romeo is a bad team. Romeo's a nice team. But They're the Romeo the, the Romeo starters were getting yanked. The coach was fed up with them. He started putting in the bench and it was the bench players that made the comeback. Right. Right.
2: So Marysville drops a game that little disappointing cuz you thought you could get maybe a really nice win against the Mac Red team.
1: Well, I mean, you you knew Alconac had won all of its games. Right. So the winner of this game was going to say we were the next best team here. Right. And it should have been Marysville.
2: All right. Only one other real event in softball going on yesterday. M.L.A. City was hosting three games against Ravenna, Calvin Christian, and Bay City John Glenn. Uh, game one, Ravenna beat M.L.A. City ten to three. Schreiber had a hit in two RBIs. Michaela Brooman a hit in an RBI. Reese Schmidt and Chloe Brooman each doubled in the loss. They then played Calvin Christian. Remember, this was the team that was ranked number two in Division yep. Three and. They lose a four-to-three decision. Three uh three hits for Natalie Stone, including a double and an RBI. And then, well, Emley City in the final game got the sticks out and beat Bay City John Glenn 17-2. Natalie Stone, a double and an RBI. Chloe Brumen, three hits and an RBI. Hope Schreiber, three knocks, two RBIs. Michaela Bruman, a hit and an RBI. Brooklyn Ross, a hit and three RBIs. Bree Hund a hit and an RBI. And Reese Schmidt three hits, and an RBI.
1: Hope Schreiber has been raking the last week and a half.
2: Yeah, her and Natalie Stone have been in basically every box score we've yeah. talked about, and, um, and a Brooman usually too.
1: Yep, so I'm um, going to see M.L.A. City later today. They've moved a doubleheader from tomorrow to today. Right. So uh, I'll I'll see that. Uh, I know it seems like we're doing a lot of Algonac, but this is just the, the way the schedule is kind of lined up because of all the Rainouts and stuff right. from early in the year, so this doubleheader is getting played today. Elmont and North Branch are playing tomorrow.
2: Are you making the trek out there? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's a that's, that's a, a good big one. series. It is. It is. That could be the difference between Elmont winning the league title. Heck, maybe Algonac moved it to today so they can pay attention to that. You season. know, that
1: might be too. I. I that
2: could be a reason. Because now you get Almont and North Branch playing
1: because Algonac goes to North Branch. I think it's next week.
2: Yes, so you get to one see a possible district opponent in a game that you uh, where they're maybe not pulling any punches, and you get to see North Branch because that's the final series and that's a big one in both baseball and softball.
1: Yeah, so that'll be extremely, extremely uh, interesting. Uh, this week, uh, these these next couple of days. But that Elmont north Branch series is a huge series for, for both teams and Algonac. Right. And Algonac needs to be careful today not to slip up against no, Emily City.
2: It, it is a trap spot. Again, Emily City is good enough that you have to respect them, but if you play your A game, they're not quite to the level where they could go toe-to-toe best versus best. Yeah. But if you fall asleep, remember, two was it two years ago, they got no hit in game one of a doubleheader and then snagged Algonac in game yeah, two. Yeah,
1: it was funny because Bob, that was Bomarino's freshman year. Yeah. She threw the no hitter in game one, and she talked the coach into letting her pitch game two. He was going to use a different pitcher. Right. And she was like, no, I just threw a no hitter. I feel good. Let me go out there. And Emily City beat her like 7-5 to five in the right. second game. So, uh, you know. Stranger things have happened. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about Saturday's baseball because there was a ton of baseball yes, there was. on uh, Saturday. So we still got more. Marysville.
4: I also know they care about
1: my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future.
4: Please go to www.phasd.us
1: and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin
2: guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, Dennis and Brady. Lots of baseball played on Saturday. This was not a tournament. There were a couple of tournaments, but a doubleheader. Utica takes two from Marysville. The Vikings were really competitive in game one. Yeah, three to one. They
2: uh, drop the decision to Utica. They they keep it close, and they play with a, a team up in the white that's struggling a bit in the white, but still they had been good in the blue, and that's why they'd moved up. And then in game two, they get two hit, and lose eleven to one. In game one, Zach Winston drove in a run. In game two, Connor Randall had the only two Marysville hits in the eleven to one loss. Yeah. Uh so just, yeah, Marysville is, I don't know, I because they did. I know they weren't a good team record-wise last year, but a lot of the parts they relied on were hoping to be good. They all lost. So they're young, and I just feel like they need to learn how to win. And, again, they just – there's a –
1: I don't know. They're very very similar to me. Maybe not as much talent as St. Clair has, but they're kind of going through the same things. Right. Where it's like they just need to figure out – how to to pull one of these games out that they're close in, mm-hmm. and and maybe you you can start to get a feel and get some momentum going. That just doesn't seem like because they got off to a they can get start more than season. one win in a
2: row, right? And they got off to a decent start in the season. Remember, they beat Marine City, and at the time we went, okay, yeah, and now you look back on it and you go. Rain he's fourteen and four and yeah. Marysville's one of their four losses. Like Marysville's six and fifteen, and their last win was the two to one win over uh over Yale, uh a, was that a Saturday ago, and they beat Lance Cruz once and they after taking the series from Port Huron, they've only won two games since.
1: Yeah, and they I, had a chance to sweep the doubleheader in Yale and they gave away the first game. Uh, a, a throwing error cost them the first game. I just, they don't they have some good pitching.
2: Like, Tommy Haditz has probably been their best pitcher this year. They just don't have much depth at all. And I think that's where, like, Kasky's been nice, but he's been good in small doses. Like, he's come in and he's slammed the door a few times when they've needed him to keep it. But I don't know if you can real, put him on the bump and if he's ready for seven innings and throwing 105 pitches. And they have some young pieces, but I want to see... How they develop, yeah, but because man, like, yeah, put a couple of wins together. Because even in the Port Huron series, they lost the middle game, yeah, so they didn't have a two-game winning streak, and there. and like they got dominated in the, in that
1: game by Sherrod.
2: right? All right, uh Port Huron. Uh, was down in Algonac for a, they call them tries, with Port Huron, Calvin Christian, and Algonac. First game of the day, uh, do you want to go chronologically or do you want me to start with Port Huron? Just start where you want to start. All right, first game (laughs) of the day was Algonac against Calvin Christian. And... Algonac throws their fourth no-hitter of the year. Bryce Simpson on the mound. Six innings, no hits, two walks, 11 strikeouts, and they had it going at the plate. Evan Sadler, three hits, a double. Caleb Thomas drove in two. Ty Schultz had three hits, a double, and an RBI. Brandon Williams, who might be their hottest hitter as of late, Mm -hmm. two hits, a double, and an RBI. Cal Molesky, two hits. Matt Waylins had a hit and an RBI, and Matt Ricks had a hit and two RBIs in the, the first game of the day. And then, I believe Port Huron played Calvin Christian, and Port Huron got the 7-4 to win. Nice. Yeah, so Calvin Christian drove a long way to get two losses.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm for that. Also, my boy Gavin DeLong had a double in RBI and five minutes in penalties. Right.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, drove in a uh, run with the double. So did Joey Seppel, a double in an RBI. Clayton Thompson had a hit in two RBIs. Uh, Sherrod had two hits. Gregor had a hit in an RBI, and Beery had a hit in an RBI, and Port Huron put together a little winning streak, two in a row. The only problem was game three of that streak would be against Algonac, and, yeah, they're just at different points. Algonac, 13, Port Huron, nothing. Evan Sadler, have a day, kid. Three hits, a double, a home run, drives in five. Ty Schultz, a double, and two RBIs. Caleb Thomas, a double, and an RBI. And Ryan Ganaw had... Two hits for Algonac as well and a 13 to nothing win. So Algonac wins the their three their two games twenty-three to nothing.
1: Thanks. Well
2: yeah. that's uh <clears throat> but hey, Portion won two in a row because they beat Lance Cruz to finish out that series, and then they beat Calvin Christian seven to four. Now they have Lakeview this week, and that might be a little tough, but Nice to see the big reds put together a pair of wins in back to back games.
1: Well, I don't, you know, you, is Lakeview going to be any better than Algonac was? So you, you kind of faced Algonac, and now you uh, hopefully you can bring your game up uh, to the next level and and play with Lakeview. Hopefully. And how about Algonac? Just
2: another no hitter.
1: Well, that's what Sim- they do.
2: Simpson's second of the year. He's a sophomore, so you know next year that if you're in the BWAC, you still have to face Kasner and Simpson.
1: Yeah, and he's a lefty, and he's different from Kastner. Right. And Way he's, different.
2: And he's got a frame that you know from, as time goes on, he's going to add velocity. The the The, the trendy word is projectable, yeah. and he has got a projectable frame. And when you throw from the left-hand side, that just messes some batters up, especially in like high school. You don't see a ton of lefties, especially if you don't play a ton of baseball. So, even right-handers could have trouble with lefties. Yeah,
1: and he's one of those guys that uh, they they call it pitching backwards, where, you know, in fastball counts, you you get a breaking ball or a changeup, and in counts where you're expecting the curve, you get the fastball. Right. And and he has good location. He doesn't walk guys. And
2: he has two no-hitters to his name now. So, who's going to get number three first? And they have Emily City this week, so... They have to go five innings to make it official, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, after Algonac's gone through a couple of tough series, they probably probably doesn't break any hearts that they might have maybe an easier series this week against MLA City. Yale played one game uh, against Sandusky and got a 12 to win Layden Morgan had a hit in an RBI. Cole Peltier had a hit in an RBI. Robbie Harrison, two more hits, a double in RBI. Connor Jakubiak, two hits, a double in two RBIs. Ryan Monarch had a hit in two RBIs. And Kazan Morton had three RBIs as well, which is hard to do without a hit. Without a hit, yeah. But, he, hey, he did the job. When, when guy,
1: Well, first off, you get to bat with a guy at third base, put the ball in play. Right. And that's what he did, and Yale gets a 12-2 to win, so they get back-to-back
2: wins coming into this week's series against Richmond.
1: Uh, and, yeah, they, they need some momentum because that's going to be tough because Richmond's playing pretty good ball.
2: Right, yeah, they're playing really good ball.
1: Speaking of really good ball. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, St. Clair not shying away from competition after taking on the team that lost in the state finals a year ago is going to take on the team that won in the state finals a year ago in D1, Orchard Lake-St. Mary's. Uh, the, the Michigan All-Star team beat St. Clair 9 to nothing, and Cody Beauregard had a double in the loss. And then in Game 2, they lost 12-3. to three. Logan Ellis drove in a run, but yeah. St. Mary's is a different animal, and they're yeah, the, I, they're the Michigan All-Stars.
1: Yeah, the, the, they're probably throwing their fourth and fifth best pitchers in this game, and those guys are already minor league, triple A minor leaguers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, yeah, we don't need to get into it, but we'll talk about
2: St. Clair, and they're playing tough opponents, and it's... I guess this is a philosophical thing. Do you want to play the tough competition? And maybe you go on these nine-game losing streaks uh, that St. Clair is somewhere around there. and But you're playing really good competition and you're testing yourself. So when you get to a district, like Richmond's good, but are they gro- Are they Lons Cruz North? Are they uh, Gross Point North? Are they St. Mary's? So that you're ready for that. The flip side of that is you get a young team that loses a lot and sometimes that can be bad for the psyche and you have to know your team. Can the older guys keep the keep the psyche up, keep the spirits up and get ready and try to flip the script at the end of the season? Yeah,
1: it's kind of uh, uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't because I believe you do need to play the tougher competition. You do need to show the kids Where they need to get to, right? If they want to be, you know, with the best, but at the other, to do it all the time and get pounded all the time, it's maybe isn't the best. Pounded,
2: they've just been on the losing side of everything. Uh, it's, it's really how well do you know your team and do you have them buying into the great... Can they look at the big picture and not just look at, oh, we've lost nine straight in the start of May and we're really struggling and we can't figure out how to win this sucks or does the whole team know, hey, this is getting us ready for districts. Marine City's been playing in the gold, we're playing in the white and our competition is far and away better and who cares about records we're the better team come districts because yeah. we've been playing the better teams.
1: Well, and and the other way to look at it is probably there's some kids on St. Mary's that they played over the weekend that might play Major League baseball and I don't one of those hill kids might play Major League <laughs> baseball too for Cross Point North and that's a team that beat them three times. I mean yeah, they're, so they're 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 facing some really el- really good competition. Yeah, all right.
2: Country Day is good. They're not St. Mary's good, but they're good. And North Branch dropped two. Game one was close. They lost three to two down at Country Day. Landon Swash had a hit in an RBI. Owen Yens had a double. Keegan Sheerlinger had a hit in an RBI. Then in game two, it kind of got away from North Branch, a bit, a 10-3 loss to Country Day. Aiden Swash had a hit in an RBI. Shearlinger had two more hits. He had a heck of a week. That's like a eight-hit week. Yeah. And Mason Howe put one over the fence. He had a home run in the loss. But, again, North Branch not shying away from competition. The, I think they have the makeup of a team, a sneaky team that can make a run, one that maybe isn't around the state being talked about, but when you have the pitching if you can get that one-two combo going, you don't necessarily have to have elite bats, and you can be sitting in a regional or a quarterfinal potentially.
1: You know, softball has the turf there. Does the baseball? I have don't the know. Turf? I've never. It's I've the actually, other side of the football. I've field. actually
2: never been to Country Day.
1: Yeah, I've been there for football and for softball, and I'd imagine if they turf softball, that they probably baseball, have yeah. to
2: turf baseball because. I know a lot of that stuff with Title IX. Like, if softball gets it, baseball has to get it. If baseball gets it, softball has to get it. So I'd imagine they just turfed everything.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd want it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's – I don't know. Turf is in Michigan, if you're a high school field, if you have the option for turf, you take it because you're probably playing a lot more games. Even if you just turf the infield, you can deal with a a wet and even a little bit of a puddly outfield. You just can't do that on the infield.
1: Well, I've been there in rain and saw the, how the ball just hydroplanes on that stuff. I'd rather have that than not play See, at See, uh, what, what you thought when it was hit was a routine ground ball to short, shoots up the gap in a second, and is a triple. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, a couple more games. How
2: about Armada? Yeah. These are a nice couple of wins. They beat Lakeview 5-3 to three and 4 to nothing. This is, I mean, I knew Armada could beat good teams. They, they were I was kind of expecting this to be in the BWAC, but Lakeview is first in the Mac Blue, and Armada sweeps them in a doubleheader. Dylan Cambron had a hit and an RBI. Hunter Filber had hit two hits in an RBI, and Zach Marcy doubled in a pair of runs in the 5-3 win. And then in the 4-0 game, Cambron again had two hits and two RBIs. Tristan Erb, two hits and an RBI for Armada.
1: And I like these two wins against a quality opponent. I I like that they got the bats going, you know, and because they did, we kind of ignore the fact that they kept doing what they've been doing all year, and that's pitching well and playing good defense. They only gave up three runs in this doubleheader, but it's that they scored five and four runs, and that's what we've been saying all year, is if these guys can get to three, they can beat teams.
2: And that's why they're – Again I don't want to call every team a kind of a dangerous team in the playoffs but are made as a team I'd rather not play in the postseason
1: Well you have to remember everybody has to remember when we get to the postseason it's one game right We're not talking about a series we're not talking about they play a couple it's one game yeah. And a team like this is dangerous in a one-game situation. Should can, they? Be- can I compare them to the team
2: they that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, Marysville, where they had two or three pitchers? You went, I just wouldn't want to face them. And then Marysville won like their fourth game of the year in the playoffs because their pitching held up against Armada.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, should they beat Algonac? Should they beat I think Richmond? Out, should they beat I, North Branch? They're all no.
2: with North Branch, Yale,
1: and Emily City, yeah, I believe. But in a one-game situation, if you don't play your best, and remember, there's a guessing game with managers going in, into these games. Which guy do I throw this game? Am I throwing my top guy or am I saving my so had, top guy thinking I'm going to you win? your game, your best yeah. guy for a,
2: a game that might not ever happen. Yeah, that so, is. I mean, they, that is one of those debates that make. will always rage on in in high school baseball. Is how exactly do you want to handle it? And with Armada, they're they're just pesky enough that I don't think you can take anything for granted against them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, Mooney. Um, they are our last couple of games, and they had a couple big ones. They split a doubleheader against uh, Lutheran North. Blake Lutzke in a game. Went seven innings, four hits, no earned one walk, ten K's, and takes the loss.
1: Because his team didn't
2: score. Because it was a one-nothing loss, and the one run was unearned. And Lutheran North takes game one, but game two, Mooney gets the five to nothing win. Leader had two hits. Zepp had a hit in an RBI, and Mooney knocks down Lutheran North, and with it, guarantees themselves a spot in the Catholic League playoffs. They will play at uh, Comerica Park on Friday. Now, they have a doubleheader with Divine Child. If they split with Divine Child, uh, I believe they swept Divine Child earlier in the year. If they just split, they are league champs in the regular season. If they lose... Both games, they finish second, but either way, their top two puts them at Comerica Park. Now...
1: It just changes who they're right. going to play.
2: Yeah, I, we, not only do we want them to win just so they win in our league champs, and remember, they moved up a division this year. If they win and they play at 2 o'clock, I can actually probably do that game. <laughs> and I would like to do that game because that's a lot of fun going to Comerica Park to do a a big-time game. If they win, they would play Our Lady of the Lakes. If they lose, they would take on Bishop Foley. And then the championship game is at the corner ballpark, which is Old Tigers Stadium, which would be next Wednesday. But got to start with tonight and get at least a split against Divine Child.
1: Yeah, which I think they can do.
2: But, again, Blake Lutzke's probably not, I don't think, is going to be eligible to pitch. So you lose your go-to guy, you don't have him there, and you might have to navigate a little bit with your pitching staff.
1: I think they'll be all right. Because they are one of the teams. They have sneaky depth, too, because they get guys that don't pitch a whole lot during the the season, maybe, and then they bring them out in Mayville in a (laughs) quarterfinal or whatever that was last year, a regional game, and uh, Trent Rice throws a gem. Right. He might be one (laughs) of the
2: guys on the mound for Mooney tonight. But that's a nice uh, split for Mooney in a very tough league. They have a chance to win it, and far and away the smallest school in that league. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's not even close. <laughs> oh no, much they, bigger than those other they're in what schools the, are.
2: that's the AA, right? Because yeah. Central has their own playoffs because they're on another planet, but they have a chance to. Try to get a a Catholic League title. That's one thing that has eluded them. A couple years ago, they lost to Liggett by a run at Jimmy John's Field in a game that they could have won. And last year, Divine Child, their guy just threw a gem in the semifinals against them. But Mooney is a wagon, and I just think they – I'd like to see them play like a full Mac – like. Blue or white schedule or play in the BWAC just to see where they line up because wouldn't you like to have like a three game set between Mooney and Algonac or Mooney oh, and Richmond absolutely play a play a conference series or see them take on Saint Clair in three in a, in a week and just see how they line up
1: yeah that would be fun but. You know,
2: alas, we will take them going to Comerica Park. Yes,
1: absolutely. It's a really busy uh, week while we have a a minute here. Uh, Again, there's going to be a lot of softball. Big tournament coming up on the weekend hosted by uh, SC4, uh, Crosslex, Marysville, Algonac, Northern, St. Clair, Marine City, North Branch are all going to be there as well as uh, Romeo, Chippewa Valley. There might be somebody else. In that group that I'm not... I think uh, that's about right. Yeah, Um, But a lot of doubleheaders. Going to be a lot of softball this week. Um, Brady will have some baseball. In fact, uh, tonight you've got the start of the Richmond-Yale series. Yep. Um, I'll do Algonac-Imlay City. That's a doubleheader in softball. North Branch-Almont is a doubleheader in softball. Uh, St. Clair softball has a big game with Utica tomorrow. Um, Yes. and, And Brady will be there. Um, you'll finish up that Richmond Yale baseball series on Wednesday. Northern's playing a doubleheader in softball Wednesday. Marysville's now got a doubleheader against Lakeview because they have to make up a game that got rained out earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going on. Another Northern PH game in softball. The, the rematch oh, yeah, there is, that was snuck in there. Uh, and then yeah, starting Friday, tripleheader on Friday. From the SC4 event, and then five games on Saturday. There's actually more than that, but I had to trim it down just a little bit because it's only so much. Yes. <laughs> but five games on Saturday. Plus, on Friday, we'll sneak in that Mooney game if it's the right game yes. at the right time. Yes.
2: All right. Because, yeah, because they, they, if they play it too, I can make it happen and get to where I need to get to.
1: So we could have 20 to 21 games this week uh, on the uh, stream good week that's that's a really good uh, week and I'm excited about that because that would put us over 800 games done in three school years with this school year not being done yet
2: yeah and I bet you we'd get at least another 50 in at least all right be back uh, Wednesday again we're gonna have a lot to talk about the big Almont North branch series it's probably gonna be the big story coming out of the last two days Um a few others in there, but that's the big one because if you look at the BWAC standings, that can that's going to have an effect on everyone. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, I think so too. Also, we had not even talked about it, but Elmont North Branch is a series this week that sneakily could affect the BWAC in baseball too. Yes. That's a big one that's just kind of flown under the radar because they're third and fourth in the league. And Yeah. They're both chasing Richmond and Algonac. North Branch gets the sweep. They'll get a chance to at least spoil Algonac's party. They need help. They're probably big Bulldog fans this week.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, with that, we'll say we'll talk to you on Wednesday. And again, uh, tonight I'm back in Algonac where I should just get a permanent residence. And uh, Brady has got uh, Baseball with Richmond and Yale.